Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Wednesday, February 5th. Before I get to breaking down any of the action, just want to remind you listeners that today's podcast is brought to you by our friends at Diadem. If you've been listening over these past couple of weeks, you know we here at Cracked Rackets are all in on Diadem. They are on the forefront of tennis technology in the 2020s. They're innovative string technologies. Their brand new tennis frames we think will be perfect for accentuating all of the best features of your tennis game. It's good enough for pros like Carousel. It's good enough for pros like Sekou Bangora. It can certainly be good enough for a player like you. And the thing we're most excited about, they have been kind enough to extend an offer of 50% off all purchases for people who use our promo code CR50. That's the letter C and R, then the number 50. Look, the, the racket you use, the clothing you wear, those are some of the most personal choices you can make on a tennis court and we wouldn't recommend our friends at Diadem if we weren't so sure that you would be happy to use their product. So go give them a look and I promise you will not be disappointed. That being said, I feel like we're all disappointed would be the wrong word, but we're all experiencing those Australian Open hangover effects right now. You get two weeks of Grand Slam tennis, the best players in the world, men and women congregated in one area. Uh, It's a lot to follow. As you'll remember, day three, we had 88 matches. That was a thriller, but two weeks later, you're like, hmm. So I don't have to get up at 3.30 to watch Australian Open coverage. This uh, this feels weird, though. Good news about tennis, though, it's the gift that keeps on giving their events every week, everywhere throughout the world, all throughout the 52. You know, we get four-week off-season, but other than that, there is always tennis to be watched, to be discussed. And that's what I'll be doing today. It's just going to be me steering the ship, Jamie McDonald, Matt Koyaka, Chris Halliors, all off doing other things. We have a ton of other Cracked Rackets content planned throughout the week that I will get to at the end of this pod. But I want to run you guys through some results, run you through what I have been watching throughout the tennis world this week. A lot of the events, not the high-level ones, not the ATP WTA events most listeners are accustomed to following. It's challengers, and it's WTA 100Ks that really are on my mind this week, and the two events that stand out in particular, the Dallas Challengers, so many top Americans in that event, players like Francis Tiafo, Mackie McDonald, J.J. Wolf, Brandon Nakashima, to go along with some of the world's other great tennis players, the number two seed this week, Andreas Seppi, uh, who actually got knocked off, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, Guys like uh, Peter Polanski, Chris O'Connell, Dominic Kopfer, Sebastian Ufner, Dennis Istemin, Mackie McDonald, as I mentioned, Jason Chung, Emilio Gomez, just the intersection of college and American tennis players that we enjoy so much. And on the women's side, in the 100K in women, uh, the 100K in Midland, we have 
just the uh, exact situation. The number one seed, Madison Bringle, who won last week in Newport Beach. Uh, the number 16, Shelby Rogers, Caroline Dalahide, Arena Falcone, uh, uh, Wickmeyer, Jamie Loeb, Catherine Harrison, uh, Katie McNally, Alexa Glatch, Katie Volinets, Maria Matias, uh, all of the sort of fun players, the sort of people, if you've been following these crack rackets, and Grace Min, the young American talents, the young former college players just making their way out on the pro tour that we have grown to love so much here. So I want to talk a, a little bit about the action we have seen there thus far. Let's start in Dallas, where we had a really interesting round of events now. The headline match, the night match between number Francis, number one seed Francis Tiafo and unseeded former Illinois All-American Alex Vukic went three sets. And it, it is something I want to talk about, but the one I want to break down first. Look, this was a challenger. Uh, this was an indoor event. And, you know, indoors you're going to see big, big hitters, but... I'm not sure I've seen a challenger event where these guys can crack the ball, where two guys crack the ball as hard as I watched yesterday in number 15 seed J.J. Wolf's 7-6-6-3 win over Ernesto Escobedo. Escobedo, multiple chances to serve uh, and hold for the first set, up 5-4 in that first. Wolf ended up getting the break back after fighting off a couple of deuce points. I mean, J.J. Wolf was standing on top of the baseline hitting returns, and he was hitting just blistering backhands, blistering forehands on the rise deep, and whether it was at the center of the court just to ensure Escobedo didn't get a clean look at his forehand because, boy, was he ripping them as well, whether it was down the line. Just Wolf's ability to take time away, to maintain his aggression, even on returning games. You know, J.J. Wolf, a guy we talked about so much over the past year, given how successful he was during the 2019 college season. He also won two challenger titles last year, both indoors and made an addition final indoors as well. So there's a reason he's seated. There's a reason Wolf finds himself inside the top 100 to start off this 2020 year. And with his win, by the way, today, he moves up to a new career high of number 173. This is a guy who really doesn't have many points to defend uh, through May because he was off playing a college season. So it would not shock me in the slightest to see him sky rise, uh, you know, to see his ranking sky uh at the start of this season to see him run out the rankings. And look, this was a really good match from Escobedo as well. He um, only made 52% of his serves, but won 67% of those points. He played big plus one tennis as well. When Escobedo's cracking that forehand, it doesn't matter how hard you want to hit the ball. It doesn't matter how hard uh, or how big your weapons are. Escobedo can simply hit you off the court. And for a lot of that first set through that first half of the second set. Escobedo was able to do just that, but Wolf's aggression in the end wearing out. Wolf, again, the more experienced of the indoor players. He was com- more comfortable moving forward to the net than Escobedo. He would hit that big forehand or backhand down the line and sneak in behind that easy little drop volleys or get Escobedo on the run where he's not able to set up and fully utilize uh, his power. It was a really clean match for JJ, who would have liked to make a few more first serves, only made 52%, 171% of those points, but you know, the the longer the match goes, the more, 52% number's just not going to get the job done, but he did win 58% of his second serve points. He was able to find plus one balls, even when Escobedo would crack a return. He, again, did a good job of taking time away from Ernesto. This was a big baller match. These are two guys who play big, who hit big. It, it was a professional match by every meaning of the world. There was no pushing. There was no messing around in this one, but 
great win for J.J. Wolfen, a great showing for Ernesto Escobedo, who will never uh, feel his best on an indoor hardcore, but looked very good nevertheless. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Let's move on now to that Tiafo match against Alex Vukic because that was the headliner going three sets, the number one seed, Francis Tiafo. Really in a precarious spot right now in terms of his rankings. You look at where he sits in the live rankings. He's sitting at number 77, and that is a long way off the career high of number 29 he reached last year when he made that Australian Open quarterfinal run. This year he draws a seed, loses first round of the Australian Open to Daniil Medvedev, and finds himself at number 77 after that precipitous decline down the rankings. He's back playing challengers, probably a place now Dallas, Newport Beach, where Fritz and Tiafo have played the two weeks, two of the more glamorous challengers uh, out there and, you know, we are huge fans of the challenger tour here at Crack Rackets but certainly Francis Tiafo nor Taylor Fritz expected to find themselves playing challengers at this point of their careers for Tiafo after you make a Grand Slam quarterfinal. You know, you think from there it's going to be a straight ascent and no, he's back in Dallas this week. And he gets a much-needed win over Alex Vukic, 4-6-7-6-6-4. This was an ugly match. You know, neither of these guys are particularly successful on the second serve, although for Tiafo makes 71% of his first serves, wins 81% of those points. That's an ATP number. That's how you win matches at any level. But 11 of 29 on the second serve when Vukic was getting clean looks at returns. He was going after the Tiafo forehand, Tiafo producing the shanks uh, errors that Vukic wanted out for Vukic. You know, he wins 84% of his first serve points, 51% of his second serves, but he only made 53% of his first serves. And for Tiafo on nine less serves to win uh, 13 more first serve, uh, on nine less first serves, he made 13 more first serves than Vukic. He won nine more first serve points than Vukic. Uh, I mean, that when you're playing a match where the margins and total points won are Tiafo 102, Vukic 105, those are the little things that's going to make the difference. Uh, Tiafo doing just enough to hold serve. He fights off three of the five break points uh, he faces for Vukic. He's only able to fight off one of the three he faces. Look, the Francis Tiafo serve is an ATP-style weapon, obviously. That's why he's had all of that success. Physically, he's an ATP player. He His physicality, the way he can impose himself in a match, track down extra balls, all of those skills, top 50 level. But Vukic did a fantastic job of taking the first serve to the Tiafo backhand, of finding, you know, whenever Tiafo would throw in a slice, of finding himself a chance to move forward, working himself, putting himself in a position to move forward. It's a really good result for Alex Vukic, who right now in the rankings finds himself at a career high of 251. And Alex Vukic, though he was a four-year college tennis player, he's not yet 24 years old, so top 250 right around you know I'm sure he wants to be higher but he's going to get into every challenger he plays he's right around the cutoff line uh, for getting into each and every grand slam qualifying he's in a really good place and his game looks to have matured more and more uh, as he develops the big serve the big forehand he knows what he wants to do is out there and Alex Vukic a very very skilled mover as well so not shocking 
uh, to see him have this sort of success. But for Tiafo, a desperately needed win now under his belt. And he'll next match up in a really fun matchup with Brandon Nakashima uh, in the round of 16. And I think that's later today. So uh, if that, uh, actually, I don't think that's later today. I think that's on Thursday. So be on the lookout for that because that's going to be a, a blockbuster match for sure. I mentioned Nakashima. He played one of the more boring matches of the day. He was a 2-3 and three winner over Bernard Tomic, who's, I'll put it kindly and just say the effort was not there. So don't waste your time. Go watching the replay of that. You can find re- replay highlights on YouTube, of course, on Livestream.com backslash ATP, on the USTA Pro Circuit stream, even on Tennis Channel this week, our friend Mike Cation on the call. So be sure to go give that a look. In terms of the other results we saw yesterday, I mentioned the number two seed, Andreas Seppi, being upset. He wasn't the only seed to go down. Uh, Seppi losing three and four to Rodionov. Seppi lost last week to J.C. Aragoni early in the tournament as well. Braden Schnurr suffers an, an early exit as well. He loses to Isuke Watanuki, uh, 6-2, 6-4 for Schnurr now. You know, he's got those New York Open final points coming off. If he doesn't, you know, make let's say even the second round there, if he loses first round of the New York Open, he'll find himself all the way back down in the 180 range. So for him to crack the top 100, start the year so close to that mark, uh, not a play, you don't want to drop 80 spots that early in the season. And of course, if you want to hear more about Braden Stern, where he's at in his career, be sure to go check out the Cracked Interviews podcast we did with him just a few weeks ago. Uh, I mentioned the Tomich loss, the other seed to lose, number 14 seed, Peter Polanski. I'm not going to call it an upset, though, because he and Michael Moe played a really high-quality match, and Michael Moe, who ended last season on the fridge, wasn't healthy, had a lot of points come off his record. He has looked really good to start this 2020 season. You talk about what he's done on the ATP level. He went to Australia, got himself a win uh, in the first round there in straight sets before bowing out in four sets to the number nine seed, Roberto Bautista Agut. He also found himself in qualifying and qualified for the ATP 250 in Auckland. Uh, Now, he gets a win here to get himself in the rankings all the way back up uh, to number 192. If you're Michael Moe, given the decline you had at the end of last season, this is exactly the start you wanted to your year. And by the way, he has almost no points to defend uh, in 2020. So it's going to be, I think, for fans of Michael Moe, this is the bounce back year. Hopefully, should he stay healthy, and you hear me there knocking on wood, uh, he's positioned himself quite well. I don't think anyone doubts the phys- physical skills of Michael Moe, what he's capable of doing. It's just a matter of can he stay healthy, and hopefully he'll be able to do just that um, moving forward. Again, though, looking at the rest of the results from Dallas yesterday, those were the upsets in terms of the seeds who won a pretty steady group you you're you were projecting moving forward I suppose and you talk about the results that we've seen it was exactly what you expected to see from some of these top seeds uh now you look in the draw and where we are at Thomas Bellucci knocked off Chris Eubanks yesterday one six six two seven six Michael Redlicky a four and three winner over Dennis Novikov Emilio Gomez the 10 seed Knocks off Max Cressy in three sets, six three four six six three. Uh, for Cressy, this is the indoor portion of the year, and he's a six six serve and volleyer. So, that you know, for him to take that loss to Gomez, really a grinder, a uh, guy who makes a match as physical as possible. 
I would have liked to see Cressy squeak that one out, but it'll be fun to watch Gomez play Jason Jung in his next match after Jung, the number seven seed, knocked off Kevin King, seven six six four. Uh, another weird result. Donald Young, 2-2 two and two over Stefan Kozlov. Kozlov looked so good when we saw him make the semifinals in Ann Arbor. That is a weird result for him there. And Donald Young now going to match up with Mackie McDonald in terms of our other results. Uh, I believe Sekou Begora knocked off Daniel Galan. That was yesterday, 5-7-6-3-6-2. Joao Menez knocking off the number 6 seed, Christopher O'Connell, 3-6-6-4-7-6. Uh, I mentioned the Rodinov uh, and Mirwins. They only won Alejandro Tabilo, 6-4-6-3 over Mikhail Torpegar to set up our a couple of round of 16 matches that we've got going on there today. Kruger's going to take on Bellucci. Michael Redlick taking on Dennis Kudla. Mackie McDonald, Donald Young. Ulysses Blanchard, Ann Arbor winner versus Sebastian Ofner, Dennis Istaman versus Tabilo, Bangura versus Kofor, Kiroz versus Bradley Klon. Uh, that's going to be a really fun one. So I know, uh, I think I speak for listeners everywhere when I say we will be tuning in all week to, or I speak for everyone at Cracked Rackets, I should say, when I say we will be tuning into Dallas all week long, and you should as well. Uh, moving on to our other result I mentioned, that's the 100K. I'll be watching on the men's side. On the women's side, I'm sad that I'm in Indy because really fun tournament returns to my home state of Michigan in Midland, where, as I mentioned, the Dow Tennis Classic, the WTA 100K, currently in its in the midst of going on. Early results we've seen thus far, the number 16, uh, the number 16, excuse me, the number 6 seed, Shelby Rogers, uh, working her way back. She takes out Kayla Day, the young American who's ranked number, 20-year-old American who's ranked number 440 right now in the live WTA rankings. 6362, Irina Falcone, one of our Tennis Channel Podcast Network uh, brethren. So, hey, great shot to Irina, a 366261 winner over the talented uh, young Japanese player, Mayo Hibi. Uh, Vic Meyer, 6362 over Elizabeth Coleman. Jamie Loeb, 754664 over Mana Bartel. Catherine Harrison, 4 and 3 over Sarah Irani. Uh, our number 7 seed, Kalinina, uh, 266362 over Savinik. I definitely butchered that, but I mentioned a lot of fun seeds uh, in play here. The number 2 seed, Katie McNally, uh, who we got the chance to speak to at the end of December in Cracked, on our Cracked Interviews podcast, so go listen to that. Uh, she's going to take on really talented young American in Alexa uh, Glatch. Uh, Glatch, of course, the uh, uh, talented young Glatch, excuse me, Glatch, the veteran, uh, the 30-year-old currently at 281. But if Katie McNally gets the win, uh, she has a potential matchup with Katie Volley, not say, fellow 18-year-old American who finds herself right near her career high, just breaking the top 400, number 388 in the WTA singles rankings. Uh, Volley Nets, last year's USTA San Diego champion, getting a wild card into that U.S. Open main draw. Other college connections we have here, Francesca DiLorenzo, the former Ohio State Buckeye standout, the number three seed. She'll start her action today. Robert Anderson, the number uh, former standout at UCLA, she'll take on Jovic today in her first match. Let's see, who else do we have with college ties here? Ooh, Maria Mateus, the Duke player, taking on Alicia Parks. Uh, Grace Mann, not a college player, but an All-American matchup between her and Caroline Dalahide, a former Cracked Interviews guest as well. So 
that's always such a fun uh, event in Midland and excellent streams there. And I think our very own Tennis Channel Podcast Network, Nina Pantich, is there covering the event, working it as well. So hopefully we can work and get her on at the mini break, get her firsthand accounts of what is going down there. You look at the other results going on this week, not a lot of uh, WTA action. That's really the big event, but there are three ATP 250 events I just want to run through real quickly. In terms of the results we've seen thus far, most of them at the round of 16 and no further, but in Argentina, our round of 32 winners, Mute over Montiero Martinez, a winner, Mar- uh, Martina, Andre Martina, a winner, Gianluca Maggier, a winner, uh, pa- Pedro Cicin, a winner, Attila Balazes, a winner, I'm just butchering pronunciations left and right, Pablo Andahar, a winner, Juan Ignacio Landero, a winner, Carlos Tabirner, a winner, Pablo Cuevas, a winner, number five seed, Albert Ramos Vinolas, a winner, Jaume Munar, a winner. Our only seeds who go down on the day was Fernando Verdasco, who lost his match in three sets that sets up a pretty fun round of 16 which will be going on throughout uh today wednesday schwartzman munar definitely the one that catches my attention the most christian garen gonna start his campaign guido pea versus cortanin mutat that's another really fun one as well so you know it's already clay time and you know we haven't even had indian wells and we haven't had miami but all of these guys already getting ready for the next grand slam uh in pune india Two of our quarter four, two of our quarterfinals already set. Ricardis Barankis knocking out Cedric Steb seven six six one. Sakita gets a walk over from Victor Troisky. Ilya Avashka seven six seven six over Travakila. Yuri Vesely seven six six four over Caruso. On the top half, the round of sixteen matches we're waiting for: Miljevic versus Jerzymov, Gunasuarian versus Sunu Kwan, Duckworth, Taro Daniel, and Markora versus the number one seed Benoit Pair. And then our last event in Montpellier. Uh, none of our quarterfinals set yet, but a really fun round of 16-day. You've got Gofen versus Bublik, FAA, Air Bear, Shapovalov, Pospisil, uh, Feliciano Lopez knocks off Ugo Umber, and he'll now play the winner of Simone Gasquet. Mikhail Yemer-Krajinovic, I think that's a matchup tomorrow. Dimitrov, Vere, Rusvori, and Gambos, and then Adrian Manorino, a three-set winner over Alexi Paparin, will play our number one seed, Gael Monfils. So those are the ATP 250 events going on, and I know Jamie McDonald, Matt Stokowiak, will be talking about that tonight to recap for you mini-break listeners on Thursday. So be on the lookout for that. It's a really fun week of tennis, and we've got so many things going on right now at the Cracked Rackets front that I'm going to wrap this mini-break up here. But if, if you've missed any of the action, you know, college tennis, you missed anything from the last week, I promise Matt, Chris, and I, at least on the men's side, hit all of that in yesterday or two days ago mini-break whatever it was, uh, and I know Chris and I will be recording our GSP recap of the ITA Women's Kickoff Weekend and previewing that ITA National Indoors for the Women, which takes place this weekend, uh, both tonight and tomorrow, so if that's the sort of content you're looking for, be on the lookout for that. Correct interviews-wise, I mentioned the interview we just did with Braden Schnur. We also had a very fun interview with Wisconsin head coach Danny Westerman that should be coming out soon. A really fun uh, thing with uh, functional tennis is Fabio Malay, uh, so that's one, or Malay, I apologize, I butchered it because I'm in my head of what not to say, so of course that's what I have to say, but 
Really fun cracked interviews, mini breaks, and great shout podcasts. And of course, you know where to find those Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, all of these different places you listen to your podcast. You can find the link there. I'm also thrilled to announce we have another giveaway. Uh, John Isner, Steve Johnson, signed two, tied enough to sign two shirts for our friends at Aerobar. Aerobar giving us those shirts to promote, uh, to give away to our fans, our listeners, any fan who's kind enough to subscribe, leave a rating, review, a, a note on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. To let us know you you know you leave that rating you leave a review you leave your name in that contact information and you'll uh, you'll officially enter yourself into the competition now for each review you leave on each of the three pods you'll be your name will be entered once so if you leave a review on all three you get three entrances into this lotto and of course we want to give a shout out to our friends at Aerobar, the first tennis specific energy bar on the market it's not going to melt in your bag you're going to look good not only after you they're going to be like damn that smells good what are you eating and then they're going to be like damn you're playing well too is it the fuel you're putting in your body and the answer is yes and the only fuel you should be putting in there is aerobar so be sure to use our our promo code cracked 30 and to say thank you to our friends and we appreciate all they do for us here at the mini break podcast we of course also appreciate our friends at diadem tennis on the forefront of all racket innovations in the 2020s using our promo code cr50 you can get 50 percent off to try your first order of diadem stuff today uh and again i keep recommending it but i'm telling you you will certainly enjoy it so go give that a look People I always enjoy are super producers Max Flieger and Daniel Westoff who continue to have a an editing job too. And we'll be keeping them busy all week because, as I mentioned, we'll be on the ground in Chicago for the National Indoors uh, for the women this weekend. We will be on the ground in Kentucky for the Lexington 100K next week. And then we end our weekend in Madison for the Men's National Indoors. So a really fun 11-day stretch coming up here on the Crack Rackets front. If you haven't heard already, we are looking forward to launching our Patreon, some subscriber-based content to give you listeners even more of the tennis content we hope you have grown to enjoy from us here at Crack Rackets, things like unfiltered podcasts, things like written content, video uh, pods, all the sorts of things that uh, we think you all will really enjoy and that we're looking forward to doing with the more access we have been granted at these upcoming events. So with that in mind, for my super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Wessa, for our friends at both Aerobar and Diadem Tennis, and from everyone here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel podcast network i'm your host alex gruskin you know what we say that's the break and we will see you all tomorrow thanks everyone